Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Praise the Lord, Anchor Church. Amen. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Why don't we just lift our hands one more time and thank the Lord for the opportunity that we have to be together, to feel His Spirit, to worship Him in a corporate setting. God, we're thankful, Lord, for the opportunity to be in your house today. We don't take it for granted, God. Lord, help us to glean everything, Lord, that you have for us. Loose the faith required for us to get a hold of every promise, God, that you've laid on the table this morning. In the name of Jesus, clap your hands one more time. He's worthy. He's worthy of our praise. Praise God. It is good to be in Zanesville this morning. Uh, I was telling Pastor Bounds it's been a couple years since I've been here on a Sunday morning, and uh, it feels like home. Amen. He said, welcome home. Amen. It feels like home, and, and, and I'm so thankful for what the Lord has done in my family and in my life in the last uh, eight years. Um, truly. He has exceeded my expectation, and he has restored my life and my ministry. All five of my children have been filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name, and the hand of the Lord is upon their lives. So thankful for Bishop, Pastor Bounds, and and who he is to me, what he means to us. Uh, thank you for trusting me uh, with this responsibility. Uh, I feel the weight of it this morning because I know how much he loves you. Amen. And to be trusted to speak to the people that he loves and prays for uh, on a weekly basis is a great responsibility. And I want you to know this morning uh, that I don't take that lightly. Amen. But I feel like the Lord has something for us today. So thankful for the ministry of this church. I honor them, all of the pastors, elders, saints. Amen. Men and women, so thankful for you. So many friends and family. Uh, I call family. Amen. Because how many know we are all family? Amen. I, I feel at home this morning. Amen. In the house of the Lord. How many of you feel at home in the house of the Lord today? Praise God. I honor my wife this morning, Becca. She's here with me, and three of my children, Luke, Skyler, and Hannah, are with me. Uh, we, we, we wanted them to stay in Cambridge and minister there because when we all leave, there's, a, there's quite a void. You know, when you have seven of you uh, pulled out at one time, it's a, it's a, it leaves a void. But uh, they insisted uh, on being here at the home church and... Uh, to be with dad as he preached the gospel. And so we allowed that um, for three of them. Kaylin and Ashlyn are back home at the church um, helping to uh, fulfill our obligations there. Somebody say amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 49 today. Genesis chapter 49. I feel like the Lord has something for us.
some things that he wants to say. I've carried this around in my spirit for uh, better than a month. And uh, any preacher knows that when you carry something that long, you think on it and you rethink on it and you pray on it and you repray on it and you study. And uh, there's a such thing as being too prepared. Nobody's really responding to that, but I don't want to have so much information that I clog up what God wants to do today. And we know that's possible. Amen. I don't want to have so much scripture. So this is not an exhaustive study on the subject that I'm going to uh, undertake today, but uh, I believe that the Lord is going to unction us into a vein of the anointing and we're going to go exactly where he wants us to go today. How many believe that? Amen. Genesis 49 and verse 22. Uh, Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a well, whose branches run over the wall. Whose branches run over the wall. Amen. Exodus 1 and start reading at verse 11. You have it say man. Therefore they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, Python and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. The more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. I want to talk to you on this subject this morning. Above and beyond. Above and beyond. I wonder if we could just lay our Bibles down this morning, lift our hands to the Lord and just ask him to speak to us, ask him to have his way in this house today. Lord, you know what we need. Come on, tell him what you need today. Lord, I need you to touch me. I need you to speak to my spirit. I need you to instruct me, Lord. I need you to strengthen me today, God. Speak a word, Lord, I pray. God, that would lift us out of the situation or circumstance that has us bound. I pray for deliverance in this house today. I pray for revelation in this house today. I pray that every eye would be a seeing eye, every ear a hearing ear, and every heart an understanding heart. God, that we might lift it up, be lifted up, and we might go beyond all of our expectation, above and beyond every limit or every barrier or every wall that separates us from our purpose. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and will forever give you all praise in Jesus name clap your hands to the Lord today for he's worthy praise the Lord you can be seated in the presence of the Lord praise God Earlier in the year, in January, the beginning of the year, uh, December, January is when we begin to feel after 
not only then, but really begin to feel after what the Lord has for us for the coming year. And it's in those moments that we try to grasp a hold and get a hold of a vision of what God has for us for our uh, year to come and future uh, in him. And when I was praying, I was praying in the Cambridge church like I typically do, and I was sitting uh, on the altar on this side of the church, and I was facing... um, uh, the pews, and and I was praying in the Holy Ghost, and uh, it's hard for me to walk back and forth now. But uh, I was uh, I was sitting on the the platform and uh, on the edge of the altar, and I was praying, and I slipped into the spirit of prayer. Uh, some of us have never got into a spirit of prayer, but a, a spirit of prayer is, uh, is when you begin to pray what God wants you to pray. Amen. You get in, step into a flow of the spirit of God, and the thoughts are not coming from you, but they're flowing from him. You're not, you're not coming up with them in your mind. In fact, there's times where they don't even pass through my mind, and I'm praying things that I'm not even really paying attention attention what I'm praying. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. How many know in 2020 that we need to have some connections with God where we get in the spirit and we begin to pray what he wants. We begin to pray the will of God to pass. Amen. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it's purposed in heaven. How does that happen? That happens through prayer. When we begin to voice the things that God would have come to pass in the earth. Can somebody say amen? But as I was praying this particular day, uh, there, there began to be a word that began to flow forth from my lips that I noticed. God caused me to take notice of this word. And this word is transcendent. And I used the word a couple different times, and I don't know that I even knew what the word meant or had ever used it in a casual conversation before. And so I ran, and I got my phone, and I looked up the word transcend. And the definition of the word transcend is to rise above or to go beyond the limits of. Amen. To rise above and to go beyond the limits of anything. And immediately the verse of scripture came back to me about Joseph being a fruitful bough whose branches run over the wall. And the Lord began to speak to me and say that before the branches can go over the wall, the tree has to first grow to the level of the wall or above the wall. Amen. The branches can't get past the wall unless they grow to a level where they are above the wall. So I want to speak to the anchor church this morning and let you know it is the will of God for us to grow to the place where our branches can go over the wall, to grow in strength, to grow in authority, and to grow in number. Can somebody say amen? It's the will of God. Amen. If you can picture with me for a moment a little tree within walls. Amen. And it can only grow so wide until it grows tall. There has to be a growing up. Somebody say there has to be a growing up. Amen. There has to be something that will cause us to grow to the place where we can exceed every wall in our lives. Amen. And so I began to pray to the Lord, what is the wall? 
Because I thought if I can understand the walls, then I can understand how to breach the walls. If I can understand what it is that's holding me back, then I can understand what it is I need to do to get beyond it. Come on. But the Lord impressed upon my spirit that it it don't matter what the walls are. The walls are always going to be there. They're not going to matter, and they're not going to hold you back because I'm going to cause you to grow above what's holding you back. I'm going to cause you to go above what's standing in your way. Amen. It's not about the walls. We can talk about walls of insecurity and walls of fear and walls of doubt and walls of unbelief and walls of self-ambition or selfish ambition. But I want to tell somebody, God has a way of growing us beyond those things that hold us back. And for 2020, I believe we're going to rise above the walls. I believe we're going to get above those things that have stood in our way. I believe every barrier that the enemy has placed in our path, we're going to grow beyond. Praise the Lord. Clap your hands as a church and thank God for his word. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. How? Somebody say how. How are we going to rise above and go beyond? What is the driving force that will cause us to grow to the place where we can reach beyond every limitation? It's one word, affliction. Somebody say affliction. Much of what I'm going to say this morning is not going to agree with mainstream Christianity. Come on, it's not going to line up with culture, but it's going to line up with God's word. Come on. How many want to hear God's word today? The more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. Amen. I look up. I looked up that word "multiplied" in the the Hebrew, and it's "rafa," which means to become great, to become much, or many. In this instance, it is translated as "multiplied" or becoming many. But I believe what was taking place in the children of Israel in their affliction was much more than just growing in number. It was growing in stature. It was growing in strength. It was growing in faith. Somebody say growing. Amen. It means to enlarge. If you read the prayer of Jabez, he said, enlarge my borders, O God. It's the same word that's used for multiplied. Amen. Affliction does something in causing us to be able to become strong and grow. So as I began to feel after the Lord and trying to understand what the Lord uh, was trying to say to me, amen, uh, I was... uh, Two weeks ago on Saturday night, I was, um, I went through a, a major struggle. I was, I laid most of the night in turmoil and pain. I didn't, I didn't really understand. I just had surgery a week prior and 
And uh, uh, throughout all of my ordeal, I was, uh, this is the most pain that I've felt. And it was the worst night, I believe, that I've ever had in my entire life. Amen. But, but as I laid in pain, uh, rolling back and forth, trying to find a place of comfort, a place where it didn't hurt, a place where it didn't ache. Amen. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Trying to find a place of comfort, some type of relief for what I was feeling. Amen. All night long, you ask my wife, I moaned and I groaned and trying to find a place. And a couple times she even rolled over and laid her hands on me and prayed for me, trying to help me to get relief from the pain. Needless to say, it was one of the longest nights that I've ever endured. Amen. I woke up Sunday morning and I was laying in bed and it was time to get up and go to church. Somebody say, oh man. Becca came in. She said, babe, it's time. It's time to get up. It's time to get up and, and go. And I said, I'm not, I'm not going. I can't. I can't go. I, I'm tired. I'm hurting. I'm in more pain than I can even describe. I can't go. I'm not going. And she stood there and she said, honey, I, I know you had a terrible night. But I feel like you need to go. I feel like you need to get up. Come on, I'll help you. I'll do whatever I need to do. But we need to get there. We don't have to go early. We'll go right at 10 o'clock, but you need to go to church. Amen. And so I rolled myself out of bed and Stumbled around trying to get ready and, and struggled, tired. Come on, I had every excuse to stay home. Come on, I had every excuse. Nobody would have faulted me at all if I would have stayed in bed that morning. Come on, with everything that I was going through and everything that I'd been, but I struggled in getting ready and we got in the car and the moment we backed out of the driveway, Becca put the car from reverse to drive the Lord spoke directly to my spirit. I hadn't heard his voice for days. Amen. Uh, I've been in so much pain, I hadn't been able to hear the voice of the Lord. But the moment I made up my mind that I was going, come on, the moment I made up my mind that I was going to stand against what was standing against me, he spoke to my spirit. Come on. This is, what, this is what he said. He said, the enemy brings affliction against you to try to turn your focus from the eternal and, and get it on the temporal. The moment he said that, all of a, all of a, all of a sudden, uh, thoughts and revelations begin to flood my mind. And, and in a moment, the Lord picked me up from that down place that I was at, and he sat me above everything that I was facing. I didn't think I could preach that Sunday morning. I called Giovanni in to have him preach, and he did a great job. But the moment I stepped in the pulpit to encourage the people, the anointing of the Lord came on me and I had strength I didn't know that I had. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. The moment he spoke it to me, the scripture flashed through my mind for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Paul called it a light affliction. 
He called it something that, that wasn't heavy. It was light. Come on. Amen. It's just for a moment. It's not forever. It's not going to last forever. It's just a season. It's just a moment. I want to tell somebody today, I would rather be in pain my whole life and make it to heaven than have all the comforts of this life and go to a devil's hell and be punished for all of eternity. It worketh for us. That affliction that you're trying to get out from underneath, that affliction that you're trying to pray off of you, that affliction that you can't understand, that pain that you're going through, that grief, come on, that misery, that persecution, that loss, that calamity, that hardship that you're facing, that you're trying to get out from underneath, it's gonna work for you a far more exceeding weight of eternal glory. The very next scripture, while we look not at the things which are seen, but the things that are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The moment I, re- I was looking this up as we're driving to church, the moment I read that, the Lord spoke to me and he said, he wants to affect your temporal because he can't touch your eternal. He has access to your temporal, but he can't access the eternal. But he wants to go through the temporal to try to steal your eternal. So I want to tell you today, I know you're hurting. I know you've got pain. I know you've been through a lot. But if you can, turn your focus from your pain and put it on God. And I want to tell you, he will lift you above every circumstance. Come on, how many know you can be seated in the presence? When you're in pain. It's hard to focus on anything else. When you're going through a struggle, it's hard to focus on anything else except what you're feeling. Come on, it it robs your attention. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? For about four or five days, I laid on my bed, and I I even asked the Lord, why am I going through this? Why do I got to face this? Come on, what did I do to deserve this? And the Lord says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers us out of them all. You see, you thought you did something wrong, and that was the reason you're going through what you're going through. But he says many are the afflictions of the righteous. You can be living right and still go through pain. You can be living right and still be afflicted. Come on. You can be living right and still have things falling apart in your world. I just want to free somebody this morning. You didn't do anything to deserve it. You didn't do anything to cause it. Come on. You didn't fall into sin and to cause this thing to happen. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. He said, in this world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I don't know what you're going through, but God has your answer. God has your strength. God has your ability. Turn your attention from your pain and put it on God. 
the Lord began to deal with me about strength. The only way to build strength is resistance. Ask Brother Garrett. He's a weightlifter. Anybody can get under a weight that's easy to push and push it. Somebody say amen. And, and get under a weight that, that is comfortable for them to lift and, and push it 10 or 12 or 15 or 20 times and think that they're building strength. But I want to tell you, uh, you can build endurance without building strength and you can develop muscle without being strong. Amen. In fact, when you, when you just do a lot of reps and you don't do any weight, you develop the muscle, but it has no density. Right? It's soft muscle. It's, it looks good and it'll look like you're strong, but when you're hit real hard, come on, it bruises easily. The only way to build strength is to get under weight that you can't push. Come on. The only way to build strength is you place a weight on you that's more than you can lift and you push back against it. You begin to push on that which is pushing on you. And in putting your body under stress and strain that it can't lift, it forces it to grow to the place where eventually it'll be able to lift it. It adds density and strength to the muscles. Not just the muscles, but to the bones and to the tendons and to the ligaments and the structure of the whole body. I want to tell somebody today that pain you're under or that stress that you're under, it is building strength. You might not understand it, but you need to begin to push back against it. Don't let it destroy you. Begin to push back in prayer and in praise towards our God. Amen. We, we, we begin to push back against that which is pushing on us. All of a sudden, there's a strength that arises that we didn't know we had. Paul said that when I am weak, then am I strong because his strength is made perfect in my weakness. I want to tell somebody today, you're growing in your affliction. You're growing in your trouble. You're growing in that tribulation. Don't turn around or run from the pressure. Stand up against it. Pray against it, push back against it, and God will be your strength. Oh, somebody say amen. I'm preaching my heart out today. The more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. If you look up that word grew, it means to break through, down, or over. It means to, to break out of or over limits. Not only did they grow in stature and in strength, but they grew in a broad sense out in the direction that God purposed for them to go. Acts chapter 7, we read, Stephen is giving his last uh, sermon that he would ever preach standing in front of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and uh, they're getting ready to stone him and uh, deliver him to death. And he stands and he begins to preach uh, about how they had gotten where they were at. 
He says in Acts chapter 7 and verse 9, and the patriarchs moved with envy and sold Joseph into Egypt. But God was with him and delivered him from all his affliction. Joseph was daddy's favorite. Joseph was gifted with a coat of many colors. Go, Joseph was educated more than his brethren. Daddy had a plan for Joseph, that Joseph would soon be the head of the family. He was the firstborn to the woman that he loved, and he babied Joseph and pampered Joseph. But through the process of time, Joseph began to have dreams. Come on, how many know the prophetic began to visit Joseph, and Joseph saw himself lifted up above his brethren, and, and, and his brethren bowing down before him, and his sheaves lifted up above his brethren and their sheaves bowing down before him. Not only them, but his father and his mother bowing down before him. Amen. How many know that before God does anything, he always speaks a prophetic word. He always gives a word in advance because he needs you to understand where he's taking you is going to be greater than where you're at. And there's going to be things in your now that's going to try to stand against where he wants you to go. And so he gives you a word, a prophetic word, and through that word, he begins to pull you to your destiny. How many know that when God operates, he declares the ending from the beginning. He sees the ending of a thing, and he says, this is what it's going to be, so that when you're in the middle of your affliction and in the middle of your struggle, you can look at that dream, and you can say, I have a word from the Lord. I have a word from God, and I'm not going to let go of my word from Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. Joseph comes gallivanting down to check on his brothers. His brothers had had enough. They made a plan. Let's just kill him. Let's just get rid of this guy. I'm tired of him. He's an informer. Anybody know what the informer is? It's the, it's the child in your family that tells you everything you want to know. If you don't have kids, you don't know what I'm talking about, but there's a certain child that you can go to and you know you're going to get the information you want. Amen. You know that they're going to tell you the truth. Amen. And so you don't even ask anybody else. You go to the informer. Joseph was the informer. The brothers had had enough. They got tired of him. Let's just kill him. Let's get him out of the way. One of the brothers stood up. No, 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 no. We can't kill him. Uh, don't kill him. Let's come up with something else. They stripped him of his raiment. They threw him in a pit. They sold him to a band of merchants going to Egypt. Amen. Joseph, in the middle of his struggle, I can imagine the thought process that's going through his mind in this moment. What did I do to deserve this, right? What did I do to deserve to be sold or betrayed by my brothers? What did I do to cause this to happen? Why are you doing this? I don't understand. You're my brothers. You're supposed to love me. I love you. You're supposed to love me. What is it that I've done so wrong that you hate me so much that you're going to betray me and you're going to sell me into slavery? Do you hate me? 
me that much. In the moment, he couldn't understand in his affliction why he had to go through what he had to go through, why he had to be sold into Potiphar's house, why he had to be lied on and go into Pharaoh's prison. I don't understand everything I have. Why do I have to go through this? Has anybody ever said those words? What did I do so wrong? Nothing. God's got a plan for your life. There's purpose that's on you. Come on, somebody. God's got a plan, and those things that he was so set against enduring were the very things that was going to take him to his destiny. Somebody needs to hear me this morning. That thing that's settled on you to afflict you and to push you down is the very thing that God is going to use to elevate you, that God is going to use to minister to others. Amen. The Bible says, listen, listen to the scripture. They delivered him from all of his afflictions and gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he made him governor over Egypt and all of his house. Verse 11. Now they came a dearth over all the land of Egypt and Canaan and great affliction. Somebody say affliction. And the fathers found no sustenance. But when Jacob heard that there was corn in Egypt, he sent out our fathers first. And at the second time, Joseph was made known unto his brethren. Understand today that Joseph was afflicted to bring him to a place where he could have things prepared for his family when they were afflicted. They ran to Egypt, but Joseph was already there. Joseph had already prepared a way. Joseph had already been comforted. Joseph had already found a place of sustenance. And when his family showed up, he was able to give them what they need. Understand today that when we we go beyond the walls. God is going to position us to minister to people that are going through the very things that we ourselves have endured so that we can minister to them that are in any trouble. Can somebody say amen? Second Corinthians 1 and 3, blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all of our tribulation. That's the same Greek word that's used in 2 Corinthians 4 for, for affliction. That we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Look at your neighbor and tell them it's not, oh, it's not just about you. It's about them. Come on. My life is not just about me. It's about people that I'm going to come into contact with. Come on, God has already placed us in a place of ministry when he brought us up out of what we've been struggling against. And he's going to do the same to those people that we are going to minister to. And he said, for as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation 
and salvation. Come on. We have to understand that there's more to this than just our life. There is more to this than just what we're going through. There's more to this than just our pain. God is going to use your pain as a point of ministry in your future. Can somebody believe that this morning? Clap your hands and love him. He's worthy. Isaiah 53, who hath believed our report? And to whom, whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire of him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. It's because of the pain that Jesus went through that we enjoy what we enjoy today. It is because he went before us and went through the, the, the affliction that was laid upon him so that we might have consolation through his death, consolation through his blood, consolation through his resurrection, that we might have life and life more abundantly. I could see Jesus as he's kneeling in the garden of Gethsemane knowing about the pain that he was soon going to endure. The weight of affliction that rested upon him. The sins of all of mankind. Come on, somebody. Kneeling before God in his flesh began to pray, if this cup could pass from me, so be it. Have you ever prayed that prayer? I wish I didn't have to go through this. I wish I didn't have to endure this. Is there any other way? Can I get around having to go through what I'm going through right now? Does anybody feel what I'm talking about? Is there, if this cup can pass from me, so be it. Come on. If I can get out from underneath the pressure of this thing, so be it. But not my will, but thine will be done. If Jesus would have caved under the pressure, we would all be lost for eternity. We wouldn't have his blood to cover our sins. We wouldn't have his uh, resurrection. We wouldn't have the opportunity to be resurrected by the Spirit of God. Everything that we have is based on the sacrifice that was made when Jesus made up his mind. I'm going to go through what I have to go through in order to fulfill my purpose. Come on. I'm going to go where I have to go. I'm going to do what I have to do in order for God's purpose to be revealed in my life. And I'm, I'm reminded this morning of the words that Jesus spoke to Peter. He said, when you were young, you went where you wanted to go and you did what you wanted 
willing to do. But when you're old, another's going to gird thee. And you're going to go where you don't want to go. And you're going to do what you don't want to do. I want to tell this church today, we're growing beyond our self-will. And we're growing to the point of the cross where we're willing to lay down ourselves so that others can be saved. Uh, stand with me all around the building. Above and beyond, there is strength in your affliction. I just want to be clear this morning. God don't afflict us. The enemy afflicts us. But Joseph said, what you meant for evil, God's gonna, God turned it around for good. The Bible says that had they, had they have known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They thought by killing him, they would stomp out what God was trying to do. But in essence, it just made him stronger. Come on. The enemy thinks by afflicting us, it's going to destroy our eternity. But what he don't realize this morning is the very thing that he sent to destroy us is only going to make us stronger. There's a, there, there's a, there's a, a saying out there that says, if it don't kill you, it'll make you stronger. Come on. But I want to tell you, if it kills you, it's still going to make you stronger. It doesn't matter. We got to die out to ourselves. And I, I got to tell you this morning, I prayed, Lord, rid me of this pain, God. Help me out of this pain. I got to get, I got to relieve me from this pain. And I know as a pastor, I, I come to appeal to pastor and say, pray for me. I can't stand it anymore. Pray for me. I've been dragging this leg around for a year. Pray for me. And I know because he's my pastor and he don't want to see me in pain, he'll pray for me. But I know he's not telling God to let me out of something that God is using for my good. He's praying to the will of God. And we need to understand today, if it's it's going to help me be better. God, don't release me from the pain until it's accomplished. Everything that is it's supposed to accomplish until it's strengthened me in a way that I can rise above every obstacle in my life. And so I begin to pray the prayer. Lord, don't release me from this pain. Until I'm where I'm supposed to be. Because <laughs> I would rather be in pain than lost for eternity. I would rather suffer now than suffer for eternity. Second Chronicles 33, the Bible speaks of Manasseh. And when he was in affliction, he besought the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers. I've often prayed the prayer, Lord, whatever it takes for your will to be done in my life, I open myself up to it. 
whatever it takes for me to step into the anointing that you have for me, the purpose that you purposed in me, God. God, bring it on, just whatever it takes, God. Don't withhold anything, Lord, but cause me to go through what I need to go through to get where you purposed for me to be. Do you have those pictures today? Go ahead. Can you see that? Look at that vehicle. Did God do that? No. He didn't do it. I believe the devil tried to kill me. I believe he tried to take me out in that moment, but the angel of the Lord wrapped his arms around me. Come on. The state patrol told me when he came to my house after the accident, he said, when I approached that vehicle, I was 100% sure that the person in that vehicle was dead. I have never seen a vehicle cocoon around a person that way. And from his mouth with his words, he said, it's a miracle that you're alive. It's a miracle that you're still here. And I want to tell somebody today, what the devil meant for evil, God has turned it around for my good. I'm stronger than I've ever been. I'm greater than I've ever been. I have more purpose than I've ever had. I'm going where God has called me to go. And whether I ever get rid of my limp or whether my leg is exactly the way it was before, that don't matter to me. What matters to me is that God is with me and I'm fulfilling my purpose and I'm going to be able to minister to others that go through what I've been through. Lift your hands to the Lord this morning and thank him for his word. <laughs> I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know the pressure that's upon you. But what I do know, God knows what you're going through. He knows what you're facing. And he has an answer to your question and a solution to your problem. Is he going to lift the pain in this moment? I don't know. He might, but he might not. But understand, it's time to push back against the pain. It's time to begin to push back against that that's pressing on you and that that's trying to destroy you. It's time. It's time to push back. Come on. It's time to understand. I need to refocus my eyes today. It's not about my pain. It's not about my circumstance. It's about what God wants to do. The Bible tells us that when that, that God turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends, when he took his eyes off of himself, he turned his captivity when he began to minister to those that were against him. I declare to this church today, we're going to be stronger for it. We're going to be better for it. We're going to go places we couldn't go before because of what we endured and what we've been through. God is going to enable us and anoint us to minister to this city in a way that nobody else can.
Come on, find a place to pray. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Find solace and comfort and consolation in the word of the Lord today. He has not left you. He is with you. He's not against you, but he is for you. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.